0: Well, good morning. It's great to be with you. Thanks for joining us. Uh, we're going to be in Psalm 139. So if you, uh, would turn there now, I don't know if, if, uh, I don't know if this has ever happened to you, but has there ever been a time when you've opened up with somebody, you know, you've shared kind of some big things that are going on in your life and, uh, that person maybe it's you know maybe you're sharing for 5 minutes maybe 10 minutes and that person they look at you and their response is i have no idea what you're talking about i don't know if that's ever happened to you just that sort of blank stare but there is a a stark contrast between that answer and the answer of i know exactly what you are going through i've been through that myself i know exactly you're talking about. That's a very encouraging thing. This psalm that we're looking at this morning, Psalm 139, for me is a psalm that, that resonates in this way. It's always been a psalm that I've read and been completely encouraged and wholly reminded of who God is and how he knows, the Lord knows. No matter the season, no matter the The difficulties, whatever we are going through, the Lord, the Lord knows. And so we're going to see that this morning. And also with this psalm, it's a very timely psalm, especially for what we're going through currently. It's a psalm written that draws our attention to God, that brings us back to the reality of what's really going on, what's, what the, the main thing truly is. There's, there's a movie, it was a, a comedy, I'm not going to say the name of it, uh, but it, I think it was the early 90s or something, and there's, uh, th- I think there's three, three guys, three or four, three guys, uh, they, they get fired from their job, and so they go back, and they're, they're sneaking back into the, their, their workplace. And one guy runs around, and he's only like two or three meters above them on this little, <laughs> this little ledge thing. And he's trying to get their attention. It's like this code thing. You know, he's trying to let them know that everything's fine, everything's okay. And he's, he's making these bird noises, and he's like, caw caw And the guys just aren't, you know, they're just like spacing out. And he's literally just right there. And get, the bird noises get more aggressive and louder. And he's like, look up here, look up here. And he finally says, hey, you guys. And they're like, oh, okay. To me, this is one of those songs where it, the, the Lord, the Holy Spirit is just grabbing our, our attention, grabbing our heart. Look up, no matter the season, no matter the difficulty, just look up here, look up here. I have, I have something to show you. And so that's what we're going to see. Uh, A commentator of of this psalm said, What we think about God and our relationship to him determines what we think about everything else that makes up our busy world. Other people, the universe, God's word, God's will, sin, faith, and obedience. Wrong ideas about God will ultimately lead to wrong ideas about who we are and what we should do. And this leads to a wrong life on the wrong path toward the wrong destiny. In other words, theology, the right knowledge of God, is essential to a fulfilled life in this world. David contemplated God and wrote for us a psalm whose message can only encourage us to be in a right relationship to him. And that's what we have before us. And now very well could be a time... A time in the world where God is saying, look up here. Look what, look what I'm up to. Look what's going on. Look what, look what this is all about. Especially for the believer, remain focused on the big picture. So let's get into it. I'm just going to read the first um, six verses. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I rise up. and known kids i don't know if you've ever maybe adults as well uh, have had those little fossil kits they come in like those bricks and you get your little utensils out you know they give them with you and just kind of like pick through it there's like a little brush so little it's like this little brush and this little pick thing and eventually you know 10 hours later you have all the fossils out unless you grow impatient and you you get the hammer out because then you can get all the fossils out in just seconds but there, what once was just this, this brick of, of clay opens up, and there's this world of, of fossils before you. This is us before the Lord. He knows what's inside of us. We're, we are, in a sense, this brick, just this lump of clay, and he has searched us and known us. He understands what's going on. He sees the... The nice looking, beautiful fossils and the ugly, boring fossils as well. He sees it all. We're, we're open to Him. He knows everything about us. The God who sits enthroned over everything knows exactly what you're facing this morning. He knows exactly what's going on in your life this morning. He knows when we sit down. He knows when we rise. Maybe we're sitting down right now and we're in a place where we think, gosh, no one one knows me. No one understands. No no one can see the hurt. No one can see the pain. No one can see the tears. Not true. God sees. He knows. He knows where you're at right now. Just like this, this little child digging through this lump of clay God knows everything inside of us he knows what's happening but not only does he know everything about us and our situation David writes that he's laid his hand upon us he says he's laid his hand upon me this laying on of the Lord's hand literally means a giving of reassurance He's laid his hand on us and given us this reassurance. Again, kids or adults, has there ever been a time in your life when you've maybe broken your arm or uh, just done something very uh, not nice to your body and, and you know, there's a, little, there's a little bit of blood? <laughs> have, have your parents responded by just freaking out and saying, I don't know what we're going to do. Just running around. It's happened to us in our home. I respond that way inside. I'm just thinking, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to be okay. But on the outside, I'm like, everything's going to be fine. No worry. No no panic. Everything's fine. It's what, it's what the, uh, the GPs do, I'm sure, as well. You know, they see this horrible mess. <laughs> everything's fine. It's like the number one. I don't know. I'm sure it's the number one thing they, they would learn in university and schooling. Just you know, reassure them that everything is going to be fine. But here is God laying his hand on David, saying, everything's going to be fine. So first of all, I know everything about you. I know all the struggles. I know all the difficulties. I know this season. It's not a, a shocker. I know what's happening. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be okay. I know when I tell my children that, again, even though inside I'm thinking, Ooh, I don't know about this, when I tell them that, they're just, ah, oh, okay. The, the, the tears aren't so heavy anymore. It's like, oh, Dad said everything's going to be fine. But that's our God. Everything's going to be fine. Everything's going to be fine. He reassures us. And Jesus shows the Father's heart in this when he says in, in Matthew 6, his span of life. I think most of us know this. We do, every, every time I read this, I, I think, "Goodness, yeah, that's so true." But then I just continue going on, being being anxious. It's just it's just who we are. But Jesus is reminding you can't add anything. You can't add anything to to your anxiety. Remember that God cares for you. He cares, and the the realization of this for David that he was. Hemmed in behind and before, and gently, gently reassured, entirely known by God. This was a knowledge that was too high for him. I like how David doesn't say, This is too confusing for me, or this knowledge is too weird, or this knowledge is too strange, complicated. David says, It's too wonderful. This knowledge, it's so wonderful. It's so wonderful to know that we have a God who knows us better than we know ourselves. It's so wonderful to know that we have a God who knows this situation that's this happening globally. Because what if we didn't? Oof. I, I, would, I would be freaking out. But just to be able to sit back. In a sense, David says he could never attain or understand this knowledge, but he can sit back and think, that is wonderful. How wonderful. Paul had a similar response in Romans eleven. He said, Oh, the depth of riches and wisdom and knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, how inscrutable his ways, for who has known the mind of the Lord, or who has been his counselor, or who has given a gift to him that he might be repaid for for. From him and through him are all things. To him be glory forever. So he lays out these amazing truths of God. To him be the glory. To him be the glory. I'm wondering about this COVID season. Is it pushing us to this realization? Is it pushing us to this realization as believers where we could say, Whoa, God, you are out of this world amazing. It's a, it's a very difficult time, this season that we're going through, but God, you're above it. And God, you know, and you even come, and you step down into, into my heart to know my heart, to search me and know me. Whoa, God, you are amazing. In John 1, uh, when Jesus first um, meets Nathaniel, or Nathaniel first meets Jesus, Nathaniel's uh, coming down the road, and Jesus Jesus says, "There is Israelite where there is no deceit. An Israelite where there is no deceit." Nathaniel's like, "How do you know me? What's going on here?" And Jesus says, "I saw you under the tree." And Nathaniel's like, "You are the Son of God." I love, I love that. Right away, Nathaniel understands. So there's something big going on here. He knows me. He knows what's going on with you this morning. He knows how you feel. He says that he sees us. He sees us like no one else does. He sees the hurt. He sees the pain. He sees the tears at night. And he says, I got you. That's, that's an amazing thing. He doesn't just say, oh, that's sad. Well, see you later. He lays his hand on us and he gently reassures us. Everything's going to be okay. So for David, Paul, Nathaniel, their reaction is, you are God and I am all yours. We can say that this morning, I'm sure most of us, you are God. But can we say, and I am all yours. I am all yours. Search me. Search me. God, what's in there? I'm all yours. In verse 7 through 12, we see that we can't be hidden. There's no hiding. Where shall I go from your spirit? Where shall I flee from your presence? If I ascend to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. In your right hand, Shall hold me. If I say, Surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. So again, we see the Lord with David. Wherever David would go, the Lord's hand would be there, the Lord's hand was with him. Now, if you've ever played hide-and-seek, the best place to hide is in the dark. Find that, you know, little dark corner somewhere in the house. It's the best place to hide. For a lot of us, it might feel like we are playing hide-and-seek right now. Not because we want to be playing hide-and-seek. The darkness has covered us. Yeah, maybe it's the COVID season. Maybe it's something else that we're dealing with. We feel completely covered by this this darkness. God's not up there thinking, gosh, where did they go? (laughs) Where I just cannot find them. They are such tricky little children. Come out, come out, wherever you are. That's not what's going on. Even in our, our darkest times, when we feel like it cannot get any more darker than this. I can't even see my hand in front of me it's so dark even in those times God can see us as clearly as ever that dark is as brightness to God and honestly I I know I know for me it seems that it takes those dark times to wake me up to the realization that oh yeah God is there oh yeah the Lord does know oh it is it is all about it is all about him it takes that, that trial to remind me of how near he is. I love what Peter says. Peter wrote, Who by God's power are being guarded through faith for salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. In this you rejoice, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various trial. Necessary to be grieved by a trial? In a sense, it's the darkness. It's the, the trial that wakes us up to the fact that God's power is guarding us. And in that trial, our faith grows. In that trial, our realization of how close God is grows. David says that even the darkness that covers, no, we cannot see. We feel entirely surrounded Even this is as bright as day to God. That's very encouraging. That's a very encouraging thing. Because for some of us, it feels very dark right now, very bleak. But God's saying, look up here. Come up here. Come up here. And then we see in verse 13 that he even knew us in the womb. When as yet there was none of them. So he even knew you in the womb. It's an amazing picture of God bringing all these meticulously putting together these, intricately these little parts to make up you. It's a very special moment between you and the Creator. Well, you probably don't remember it, it was a very special moment. God knowing you in the mother's womb. But David even says that the days were formed for him. That's what really stands out to me. The days that David would be a part of were formed for him. He was put in the right place, the right time that God wanted him to be. So not only did God so intricately create each one of us in the womb, but He put us in the right, exact place of time that He wanted us to be. God put you in the right place to be newly married, the right place to be in the home honoring your father and mother. The right place to be a young family raising children. The right place at the right time to have grandchildren during COVID. It's not an accident. We are all here at this exact right, perfect time set out by God. That's encouraging as well. You might think, what am I doing here? If I was only born in the 50s or something, I don't know. Why, why am I here right now? There's a reason. There's a reason that you are here right now. It's been ordained by God that, here, that you're here right now. And then David would say, how precious are your thoughts to me. So David's thinking about all, all these big things. That's why this psalm is a very good psalm to read in, in times of difficulty. It brings us up, kind of pulls us up out and shows us what's going on. And David, David's like, think, now he's thinking about all these things. He says, how precious to me are your thoughts, O God. How vast is the sum of them. If I would count them, they are more than the sand. I awake, and I am still with you. So David's pondering these things about the, the thoughts that God has. And knowing everything that there is to know about David, even when he was in the, in the womb, laying a hand of reassurance upon David. David's thinking, oh, wow, that's incredible that God has those sorts of thoughts. Spurgeon about this verse said, you know that people are very proud if a king has merely looked at them. I have heard of a man who used to boast all his life that King George IV, such a beauty he was, once spoke to him. He only said, get out of the road. But it was a king who said it, so the man felt greatly gratified by it. But you and I, beloved, can rejoice that God, before whom kings are grasshoppers, actually thinks of us, and thinks of us often. I wonder if we forget that sometimes, that God is thinking about us. He's thinking about what's going on in our life during those times when we think, no one thinks about me. I haven't heard from anyone in so long. No one cares. God is currently right now thinking about you. The Lord's thoughts toward his creation at the most darkest time. And we see this played out. We see this played out with Jesus on on the cross, this moment, this very very dark moment, the Father had turned His face away, the Son was pinned to the cross. This is kind of like those famous last words. You know what? what are the last words? What are the last thoughts? What does Jesus say? He looks at those who are who had put them put Him on the, on the cross. And he asks for the Father to forgive them. That's, those are some thoughts right there. Those would not be my thoughts, nor would they be yours. That's the creator God looking at his creation. Who put him on the cross saying, forgive them? They don't know what they're doing. He's thinking about us right now. He's thinking about us, and he cares about what what we're going through. So then, this psalm kind of shifts a little bit, which is kind of funny. Uh, Verse 19 through 22. Oh, that you would slay the wicked, O God. O men of blood, depart from me. They speak against you with malicious intent. Your enemies take your name in vain. Do I not hate those who hate you, O Lord? And do I not loathe those who rise up against you? I hate them with complete hatred. I count them my enemies. It almost seems a little bit out of place because you have this beautiful, majestic, you know, David's, I don't know how you play a harp. I think it's like this. David's playing the harp. You know, just this beautiful song. And it kind of switches over to this sort of heavy metal, kind of slay the wicked, you know? Like, what, what is that? What is that all about? Maybe you should have just left that out. David, why is that? But actually, this is exactly how it should be. This is exactly how it should be, especially as David's getting closer and closer to God's heart. As we get closer to God's heart, we learn more of who he is. And we begin to understand even even a little bit of his heart And as his heart breaks, it should break our hearts. What does David mean when he says enemy? It's a person or movement of people who are actively opposing God's gracious purpose. So David's looking at this, these people who would come up against God's gracious purpose and work to Bring someone into life. To bring someone in to the fellowship. And David saying, I hate that. I hate that. Any anything in the world that's keeping somebody from being set free, seeing the truth, knowing, looking up and knowing that he's God. I hate that. And that's what David's. that's what David's doing here. I, I hate those who hate the Lord because there's such freedom in God. Because he does all this. He, he lays his hand upon me and re, reassures me. He guides me. I hate that there's things in the world that are keeping little children from seeing that. I hate things in... Movies and in, in the media and in music that is opposing God and his, his forgiveness, his grace that he just wants people to see right now that life is so much bigger than these few years of what's going on on earth. There's an eternity waiting to spend with him With the Creator. So David's like, I hate that. Depart. Just depart. Get away. And then the the final sort of response he's asking the Lord, just continue your search. Just keep it going, God. He says in verse 23 Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. See if there be any grievous way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. David's inviting God to work. He's inviting God to continue searching him out. Like that lump of clay with the fossils in it. Just keep keep going. Just keep going at it. Get in there. Why is David asking this of God? Because he wants any, anything in him that's grievous, any way that is in there even if David doesn't know it just deep down anything that's in there to be removed that that word grievous means intense sorrow intense sorrow anything in there God that's going to cause you sorrow that's going to cause me sorrow just just get it out just do your work how does God do that work it's a few different ways he does that work one of them is trial he does that work with trial. We might think, God, remove, remove the trial. And that's what we, we pray that. Mm-hmm. We pray, get this, get this out of here. This is too tough. But do we pray, God, keep the trial until you've done and finished your work in my heart. Because, Lord, I don't want there to be any grievous way within me Maybe this is a heart check time for a lot of us. Maybe it's time, the Lord's saying, I, I want you to, to see that I care enough about you to put you on the planet during this time when there's an intense trial happening because I want you to see me. I want you to know me. Lord, root those things out. My unforgiveness, my unrepentance, pride. What's hiding in the very deepest corners? Get those out of there. Root those things out. Lead me in the way everlasting. Or another way, another way to put it is lead me in the way that you love. God, lead me in that way. Lead me in the way that you love during this time. In my marriage, in my parenting, at the workplace, lead me in the way that you love. In understanding what's going on uh, in the world right now, lead me in the way that you love. I want to walk in that way. How do I reach my neighbors right now? How in the world do we do church? Lead me in the way that you love. Lead me in that way. That's the way I want to go, God. God realizing everything that God is about, what he knows, what he's concerned about, how he, he gave up his rights to be pinned to a cross. <sighs> lead me in the way that you love, God. I'm undone. <laughs> to you be the glory, because who am I? Just lead me in the way, God, Please. So David's understanding of of who God was grew in this psalm. As we get into the word, you guys, our understanding of God grows. Our excitement for his work grows. Our eyes are open. That's why John is, is encouraging us to read the Bible. Read the word. We have a through the Bible thing on the website. I believe it's still there. It's so important for us to be as close to his heart as we possibly can. And for Jesus, as difficult as the way that God loved was for him, we know this, the famous passage, it was the joy that was set before him. He he endured the cross. But that was the way that God loved. That was the way everlasting. For Jesus, he endured it because of the joy because of knowing the Father. Because of knowing the Father. So we're here today. We've been formed in the womb by our Creator. With God's perfect knowledge, He put us on the planet right now during this time. And so we say, Lord, continue your search, continue searching out my heart rooting out those grievous ways anything that's going to bring sorrow lead me in the way that you love i think that's just an encouragement for us this morning psalm 139 to be excited that god knows us and to be excited that that we're in a time where god might be wanting to have us look up there, to look up and to see him for who he truly is and to be a part of his work and to pray that others around would look up as well. They would come to know of Jesus and his wonderful work for us on the cross. Amen? Okay, let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. God, thank you. Lord, that you know us. Lord, we're... we're, We're here this morning and we're humbled with the fact that you know us. You know what's going on. Lord, I just want to lift up anyone right now who's watching at home, anyone who's going to watch later in the week, anyone here in this room this morning, Lord, would would you meet them right where they're at? God, I pray, Lord, that they would hear you that they would see you in a new, fresh way. God, that this, this trial or any other trial that they're going through would be one, God, that would grab their attention and they would look up to you. They would cry out. And like David, they would say, search, search me, O God, and know me. Thank you, Lord, that you do that. You do that work in us. You'll continue to do that work. And we just pray, Lord, that you would continue to lead us, guide us, bless us, bring us back safely next week. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you guys.